ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. Welcome into your Friday, October 11th edition. Drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We got a busy high school football Friday night for you. We've got area games across the tri-state to talk about, including we'll focus on the three big ones that we cover. We'll have coverage of Spring Valley, Cabell Midland, Huntington High. We'll also make time for your phone calls at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255 to be a part of today's edition of The Drive. So uh, looking forward to talking to Jason Toy. He's coming up later on. Also going to talk to... Um, Matt Perry, we're going to talk to Woody Woodrum. We're going to preview all of these games. And we've got Marshall to talk about as well because the Thundering Herd, day away from – actually, we'll be – we're less than a day away because we go on the air tomorrow, 1130. We'll be over the west lot. So if you're looking to tailgate early, we'll be there with you. And 2.30, your kick. A little earlier – should be decent weather. I don't think weather's going to be a factor tomorrow, so I'm looking for a good crowd to show up. I mean, that's going to be the question that I want to answer tomorrow. Will the fans show up? Two weeks of not seeing winning football, is that enough to make some fans not show up? Now, honestly, I think you show up. If you've got your ticket, you should show up. You've already got it, show up. Be a part of the game tomorrow. And if you don't understand completely, Completely get it, no problem there, but I'd like to see a good crowd show up tomorrow. I don't think that'll be too much of a problem. It's going to be weather-dependent just a little bit, I'm sure. Uh, The game's on television, a little bit better television than usual. It's on stadium, so a few more people can access it. Of course, depending on what service you have, say if you have a direct TV, I don't think you can access it there. If you've got cable, I think you'd be good if you're not going to be able to get to the game tomorrow. So uh, do they stream this one? I think they do, but I'm not going to go out on a limb and say they do. Uh, I think this is more of like a regional game. I don't think this is a stadium national game, more of a regional game. So you can catch it on uh, stadium cable, it looks like, uh, pretty much. But whatever the case may be, we'll have the game for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 as the Thundering Herd taking on the Monarchs. I'm excited. I like Old Dominion. Now, I'm not going to tell you that I'm Cincinnati excited, that I'm fired up, ready to go excited. I like Old Dominion, though. I like the prospects of these two schools playing each other. I like the fact that this is an opponent that could turn into a nice little rival with you. I like the potential there. Again, I know I'm using the P word, potential, but I like that. And I want to see what the Thundering Herd can come up with. I want to see what Marshall can come up with in a bid to try to get back into the Conference USA race because, let's be honest, if Marshall loses tomorrow, I'm not saying it's over, but I think I'm insinuating it's close. Old Dominion, they need this game as well so they can get into the race. They're desperate. I think they're more desperate than Marshall to get the win. They've lost four straight. Marshall's lost two. Marshall killed itself against Middle Tennessee. It killed itself. Cincinnati just got knocked out early and couldn't get off the mat. Couldn't get off the mat and 
answer the bell. They just got knocked out early. I mean, they fought, but it was a straight knockout there. So I don't know what we're going to see tomorrow. I'm hoping we see a Thundering Herd team that has cleaned up what they've talked about. They've said everything all week. Mistakes make plays. Got to make plays, clean up mistakes. Turnovers are bad. So we've heard all that. Now let's see if they execute this. They put it together. And if they put it together, limit turnovers, make the other team give up the ball, get into the red zone and score, I think you got to win. Will Old Dominion win? I don't know. Could they win? I think they could win. So this is interesting to me. They've got a strong running defense. It'll be a challenge, I'm sure, for the Thundering Herd if Marshall can get the passing attack going. It's almost as if they're going to dare Cato. Look at me thinking I was wishing it was Cato. Sort of dare Green to go in there and make plays. That was a Freudian slip, wasn't it? And we'll see. We'll see if Green can make it. It's almost as if they're going to dare Green to go in there and win by throwing the game by the air, throwing to the receivers, whatever the case may be. We'll find out what the game plan looks like tomorrow when both these teams take the field. We'll be on the air at 1130. Dave Walsh will be with me, and we'll preview this matchup and look ahead to all the action in Conference USA. Since we got the early game tomorrow, we get to look ahead a little bit better to all the action all the action in Conference USA. So that's what we get to look forward to coming up tomorrow on the West Lot. We'll be over at Gate C. Hope you guys can come and join us and be a part of the program with us. So high school football is what we're going to turn our attention to. Uh, several matchups in the area. We're going to get into primarily Princeton and Campbell Midland with Jason Toy. We're going to hear from Huntington and Hurricanes game broadcast crew. That'll be Woody Woodrum. Spring Valley, Riverside, we'll hear from those guys. Also, uh, we'll talk a little bit as uh, the day progresses uh, about some of the area matchups. Uh, really, um, you've got, I would say, the the better games are probably the games in AAA with, uh, with Huntington High, probably Spring Valley, uh, Cabell Midland. I'm not so sure that's going to be a good game. You got some interesting matchups across the tri-state as well. Um, Ironton will probably roll Rock Hill, uh, Fairland, and South Point. Uh, yeah, that could be an interesting one there. I'll take Fairland in that one. Uh, uh, I'll probably take Portsmouth over Chesapeake. I will probably take Gallia Academy over Cole Grove. Uh, that's going to be over on BigBuck1015.com. That'll be streaming there, and then of course uh, Herbert Hoover. Uh, Wayne, Wayne could use a win. Uh, some area matchups, we'll get into all of that when we continue. But when we do come back from break, we're going to talk Spring Valley. Matt Perry will join us on the program, and we will talk to him about the Spring Valley Timberwolves when we continue with today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Guests with Paul Swan appear via the Miller Lite phone lines. Let's welcome to the program now. He is the voice of the Spring Valley Timberwolves, Matt Perry. Bill Cornwell, who will also be on the broadcast, joins us in studio. And gentlemen, it's uh, we have. I can't believe this. We got you both in studio for this one today. 
Oh, it's a special occasion to be sure. Well, and plus, Paul, I've, it's been a couple of weeks actually since I've seen Spring Valley play head out of duties. Obviously, we were on the road with the herd last week, so just looking forward to catching the Timberwolves as they get going on the second half of the regular season tonight. Spring Valley going on the road. It's been, what, since week two since this team has uh, saw what the road looked like, so they're back out again. Yeah, this is their first road contest in a, in a month. They went 3-1 and one on that big stretch we talked about. Uh, the loss to number one Cabell Midland, no shame there. And then absolutely just wiped the floor with G-Dub, South Charleston, and Capital. Over the last three games, Spring Valley has defeated those three teams with a combined score of 115-6. to six. Is this team, this team ready to go back on the road? Yeah, they're ready to go back on the road, in my opinion, uh, just by seeing the way that they're conducting themselves and the way that uh, they've gone about their business. They, uh, We talked about right after the Cabell Midland loss how they were going to respond, and I believe, just from my view, that they have responded in the correct way. They've dominated at home. They took care of business. They've climbed the rankings from double digits to now they're number five in the state of West Virginia, and they're setting themselves up to be in that top four that we've been talking about. One guy that has really been a performer for Spring Valley is quarterback Nate Ellis. He's just been outstanding these last three games for Spring Valley, and uh, I don't know how you stop him. Well, right now, Paul, basically it's uh, team by committee, and and he's almost, uh, he's like the orchestra leader because uh, basically he has so many choices as far as to hand the ball to. You know, yeah, occasionally they will throw the ball, but they've learned the lesson that uh, this team is much more comfortable just pounding it and playing power football, and that's what they've done the last couple of weeks. And, of course, they did it in just great abandon last week and shutting out the Capitol Cougars. And uh, the beautiful thing is that not only are you uh, getting the job done running the football and playing maybe a little bit closer to the vest, but there's so many guys who are touching the ball that you're keeping lots of guys on that team happy because they have to be ready. It's not like, well, you're going to have those one or two guys that are just going to run, 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 and everybody else is just going to block for them. No, everyone's getting their opportunities uh, in the way that uh, Coach Brad Dingus is running this offense right now. But uh, certainly Nate Ellis is the guy that's kind of orchestrating things. Uh, His biggest thing that they have to work with him and with the team they still have had way too many turnovers this year. They had a couple of last week, and even in that 41 nothing win. So that's one thing that they definitely want to improve on as they continue to roll, and it's nice to be able to keep winning when you still have some mistakes and things to correct. Well, what can we expect from Riverside tonight? Um, they're going to be a team that's uh, going to like to run it. Well, Riverside, I, I hate to just be flippant about it, but Riverside has to play the perfect game to beat Spring Valley. And so when they have to look at this game plan, they have to control the football using quarterback Javante Elzey making the right decisions and running back Caden Easterling. They have to keep the ball out of the Timberwolves' hands. If they turn the ball over, it's done. Uh, If Elzey, like last week with Capitals quarterback throwing five interceptions, if Elzey performs in any way in that regard, Spring Valley is just going to rack up the points against the Warriors tonight. One thing, Paul, uh, this is probably the best Riverside team that Spring Valley has played in the last four or five years. Uh, seems like the, the coaching staff there is starting to get some players to come out. In the past, they really had difficulty uh, filling a good roster. I mean, it's a triple-A team, and, and it's uh, built from two schools in DuPont and East Bank who had great football traditions, but they've had their issues there at Riverside. But uh, they've got a lot of kids out for football this year. They, they've got some better athletes out, and uh, they're pretty competitive now. They're 3-2, and, two, and and the teams they've beaten, let's be honest, are not that great.
great. But at least they're getting the job done. They, they've struggled against better opposition, and uh, certainly they're going to face that tonight in the Timberwolves. Looking at Caden Easterling, he's almost as old as Billy, man. He's been there that long. <laughs> it seems that way. Last week, he struggled to get going for the most part against Cabell Midland with only 54 yards rushing. He's a, he's a tough guy to bring down. He is the type of back you have to have in the MSAC. He scored a touchdown last week, and their lone touchdown, and uh, they're just going to have to rely on the kid that's been there. They're going to have to feed, feed him the ball, and uh, they're going to have to hope that they win in the trenches against Spring Valley, which, as we all know, is quite a difficult task. And what's interesting there, you do you talk about them playing Cabell Midland, uh, and probably in preparing for Spring Valley, you really didn't have to do a lot of uh, uh, talking because basically you're, you're getting uh, – Chapter 2 of what you faced last week in Chapter 1 because basically another team that plays power football. Spring Valley Riverside coming up tonight. You can listen to that on our sister station, 92.7 and 98.5 The Planet as the Timberwolves uh, adding to their scoring totals. Again, what was that number? 115 to and six. 12. 115 to 6 over the last three games. Yeah. And it was shocking. I'll just tell you, uh, we all pegged that capital game at the beginning of the year. We looked at the schedule. We said man, if they can get to capital, if they can get to capital with, you know, one loss or zero losses. And what they did to capital was, I'll just be honest, it shocked me. Uh, you're used to seeing a dogfight between these two teams. And for Spring Valley to shut out the Cougars, who are, are a tra- traditional power, excuse me, in the MSAC and in the state of West Virginia, it shows that Spring Valley is now clicking. Coming up tonight, it's going to be Spring Valley Riverside. And um, I tell you what, um, I, I don't know if they can keep this pace up, but it's been fun to watch so far. They've just been able to go out there and blow teams away. Other than that Cabell Midland game, they've just been out, outstanding offensively. You know, and I joked in the press box of, you know, when you call a game, you know, we are the Spring Valley announcers, and so we root for the kids. And for just the absolute, I guess manhandling is the right term, they are doing, there's no secret. You know, it's going to be Livingston in the six hole. It's going to be Christopher on the two and the three hole. And they're daring teams to stop them. And right now, it's just a joy to watch because they are winning in the trenches. They're blowing teams off the ball. They're guaranteed three to four yards per play, and they don't have to do anything fancy right now. And to be honest, I don't think they have to do anything fancy against Riverside. You don't have to pull out a bunch of, you know, Nate Ellis doesn't have to throw the ball 15 times tonight. It's just status quo. Keep it going, and then you can add those wrinkles because you know a rematch is coming in those playoffs. That's what they want. They want Midland again. One good thing we're kind of looking forward to tonight, Paul, is uh, uh, Spring Valley's first time playing on the new turf field at Riverside. Uh, traditionally, they have had one of the worst fields in Class AAA MSAC, but uh, they and Sissonville received new turf fields. And of course, that's how Kanawha County does it. You, there's two schools a year gets a turf, and, and Riverside got theirs this year. So I think uh, the, the Timberwolves are kind of looking forward to testing that out tonight. Well, whatever excites Billy, new turf, uh, I, I'm happy for him as uh, Spring Valley taking on Riverside tonight. And uh, hey, maybe one day Spring Valley can get some turf too. I don't know if they want it. You know, we always talk to Coach Dingus, and uh, he likes he likes yeah. he likes playing on that grass. Yeah, they're they're kind of mixed on the subject. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. now at Spring Valley they're mixed. I'm not going to speak for the other counties or for the other teams in Wayne County. But uh, Coach Dingus, every time I talk to him, he says football should be played on grass, not on carpet. That's what he says. Yeah, it's uh, coming up tonight. You can hear it on our sister station, 92.7 and 98.5 The Planet. Spring Valley taking on Riverside, uh, and. Uh, Good luck tonight. Um, Billy is the only member of this team that has witnessed a loss, so if um, that happens tonight, 
Uh, it'll be just you next week here with me, Matt. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we're keeping track, Bill. Three and one, which is a good record, but we need to be four and one. I've got confidence it's going to be a good night tonight. It's going to be a good weekend, period. All right, all right gentlemen. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. That is uh, Bill Cornwell with Matt Perry. We will continue on with today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan, the 2019 West Virginia Broadcasters Association Best Talk Show on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Let's welcome to the program now. He's the voice of the Cabell Midland Knights, Jason Toy. And coming up tonight, it's going to be Princeton taking on top-ranked Cabell Midland. Princeton coming into this contest 1-4. Cabell Midland 6-0, undefeated. We don't, we don't have much here tonight, do we, Jason? This is going to be an easy one for Cabell Midland. Let's just go ahead and say it now. You know, you never want to say it <laughs> because it might jump up and bite you. Uh, but, you know, that's why they play the game. Anything can happen. You know, you go back to the Thursday night game last night with uh, the Giants and the Patriots. That one looked closer than what it actually was for about a, almost two quarters last night. But, yeah, it, you never want to go light on anybody or go low on anybody, especially early on in the ball game. But, yeah, it could be an opportunity here for Cabell Midland if they can get out to a lead like they did last week. You know, they scored on their first seven possessions last week in the game against Riverside, and that allowed them in the second half to get younger players in. Uh, a lot of underclassmen got some playing time. But the biggest important thing uh, that, uh, with that, and I think you have another opportunity tonight with that with Midland too, and, um, you know, if you can get out to a big lead against Beckley next week on the road as well, I think you got opportunities to, to rest your starters. And as beaten and banged as this team has been this year, uh, getting rest is a, is a good thing right now. So uh, they haven't had a bye week yet. They won't have that till the second last week of the season. But after this uh, after this game tonight, it's homecoming here at the Castle Anona. Uh, it is the final home game, regular season home game of the of the year for them to go on the road for the next four, three of the next four weeks. So uh, you want to get that win behind you. You want to get out of here with uh, no injuries or no added injuries. You already got three guys that had surgery here, and you're hoping to get them back later on this year too. So uh, just kind of do what they do, get the job done, and let some of these younger guys get some uh, reps later on. I know you can't look ahead, but is it, is it concern that this is the last home game and? then it's the road the rest of the way? No, not really. Um, they've already been tested on the road where they went to Spring Valley and came away with a huge win earlier this year. Um, it's just it's just another game. You know, their longest trip's going to be to Beckley. Uh, I think the biggest thing right now, and, you know, we can look at this. Coaches will tell you they're not looking at it, but we can. And the fact is that we're looking at the fact that, you know, you get another couple more wins, you'll be hosting first-round games. And that's what you want to do is you want to be able to host. If you're Midland, you stay the course, you win your West of the Ray out, you're going to have tough games uh, down the stretch. I mean, they're all going to be tough, but you got the you know, rival matchup with Huntington High. You got to go to South Charleston as well. But if they can come away either A, undefeated or with a one loss or whatever deal, they can be pretty good in that top three up there in the in the rankings and be you know home for the first couple of rounds because that's what you're looking at now. You want to get that home seed, home field, and take you through the playoffs. Who's standing out for Cabell Midland at this point? Well, I mean, J.J. Roberts still looking great, even though he's been banged up. He hurt his ankle against uh, against uh, Spring Valley. But he's uh, still playing uh, – he's been playing hurt. You know, he's been hobbled quite a bit. Uh, we've seen him uh, – uh, Several times, run the ball, get up, and hobble back to the to the to the huddle. A couple of times, he's had to come out, but the last two weeks, he's looked really, really good uh, in running the ball. He's gone well over 100 yards in each of the games, uh, rushing the football. 
Uh, he went two for two passing, which is a, a, a big big deal for us because we don't ever pass the ball. Uh, but he went two for two a couple of games ago on that. And um, But he's he limited his – to help out his ankle, he's limited his play defensively. So he's been running the ball a lot more. Uh, and, of course, he's already committed to go to Wake Forest as a, as a defensive back. So uh, he's continuing to get healthier and healthier, but he's standing out. Jacob Cottle, who's uh, one of the leading rushers in the MSAC right now, uh, just a power back. He's he's one of those guys that will take the first and second hit and still power his way through it. So he's been fun to watch this year. And uh, big Zach McCoy, who's the tight end, uh, being recruited by a lot of Big Ten schools. Marshall's been recruiting him pretty hard as well. Uh, Penn State's been really hard recruiting him. Uh, but he's you know big kid, 6'3", 6'4", about 250 pounds. Uh, he plays both sides of the ball as a tight end, but also his play defensively is what's been really good uh, this year for him. And uh, he's been causing a lot of havoc for quarterbacks in the backfield. Uh, also, uh, a couple other players that have been uh, standing out for, for Cabell Midland have been the Hardman Twins. Uh, they both play uh, offense and defense, more primarily defensive side of things, but as a linebacker and as a, a defensive end, they've been uh, causing havoc as well. Uh, Tierden Berry has played, has played really solid, and uh, he's been strong. And a couple of underclassmen have stepped up. The, in that defensive backfield, Mason Moran, uh, who's a sophomore this year, he is uh, really stepping up as a defensive back. He had an interception last week and or a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he's been a, a good asset to the defensive backfield that was hurt by injuries early on when Jaden Johnson, the transfer from South Charleston, went out. Also, Isaiah Vaughn went out, and also you add into it as well Chandler Schmidt, who went out as well to to injuries. So it the mo the motto the the motto has been next man up, and that's one thing with Cabell Midland. They've had next player stepping up for this Princeton team. The air game seems to be the threat for them. They've got a freshman quarterback, Grant Cochran. He's thrown for over a thousand yards, four starts at a thousand yards. Mm-hmm. Any concern there? I know talent level is probably different. Uh, again, they're one and four. Cabell Midland six and zero. Oh. As you mentioned earlier, you can't overlook that. But uh, any concern there that the uh, the air attack might be potent for uh, Princeton? It always is. I mean, it, you cannot lay back on it because that's going to be the time when they bite you. Uh, that's where I think we've defensively stepped up for Midland this year has been our passing game. Uh, it used to be a lot of times you could pass the ball quite a bit on Cabell Midland. But I think what's really helped out is the fact that our defensive ends uh, line and linebacking core has just been getting the pressure in the backfield so quickly on the quarterback. It takes them out of their rhythm, forcing them, forcing them out of the pocket to – to have to roll out with the ball, and uh, that has really helped out. So, yeah, it's definitely is a concern. This Princeton team is a team that is a lot like Midland in an aspect that they had a lot of injuries early on in the season that they've had to try to battle through. Uh, their starting quarterback, who's been sought out by a lot of D1 schools, he's uh, many people have him as a, as a three-star or four-star quarterback. He broke a collarbone earlier this year. He's been out, so they've had to go through it a little bit, and you talked about the freshman who has stepped up, but four games, almost 1,000 yards, that's pretty remarkable uh, for a, a freshman to step in like that and try to carry the, the load for this team. So they only have three rushing touchdowns on the season, two of those coming in their big win that they had earlier this year and a, uh, a blowout win that they've had. They played some tough talent in Grand Virginia, who always plays Bluefield real tough. Uh, Taswell, they you know went down to a three point game there as well too so uh they've had some tough battles uh they got a, a coach that is uh, a product of the program that has taken over and uh so yeah they're trying to build things back up to what princeton football used to be it's just they've got a tough schedule to work their way through jason toys with us princeton taking on cabell midland top rank cabell midland coming up tonight it's going to be over on our sister station 97.9 the river and uh, of course you go on a little earlier than mm-hmm. usual uh seven o'clock is kick so 6 30 is going to be airtime yeah they can do that plus you can watch 
watch it uh, as well, WRVC.com, also on the uh, uh, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 uh, Facebook page and all of our Kindred uh, stations. You'll be able to watch the game tonight as our uh, Kindred Digital Sports Martial Orthopedics Game of the Week. And uh, it's homecoming, so you got a lot of other festivities going on uh, around the game tonight. So I-, I will tell folks who always tune in, and we always get the comments, you know, we see at the bottom of the screen. Uh, it, our first priority is to do the radio call. So, But we kind of still sneak over and look at the video side of things. Uh, even though they're taking our audio. And I always try to, when we go to, uh, when we're doing our TV and radio stuff together, I always tell folks when they're watching television, you can enjoy the band at halftime. And if you're listening on radio, we'll go over some stats and whatsoever deal and all that. You're not going to see a whole lot of the band here tonight because of all the homecoming festivities. So we'll try to bring those to you as well tonight. You'll be able to watch that happen in, in real time tonight. That uh, should be a separate video stream that we can sell. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, and you got, you got a Cabell Midland band that has got the moniker the best band in the land and they're what seven eight time uh, seven eight time state champions uh, they got an entire wing of the uh, of the high school that is just nothing but their their trophies, and they're going out every weekend. Uh, Mr. James and the and the class there at Cabell Midland High School and the band they do a lot of. They're not big on marching, you know. They'll do parades, but that, that's not their forte. Their their forte is to be able to go out and and do performances and do these big band competitions and take home the the top honors. So that's what they pride themselves on, and they they come out and practice at the football games, and on Saturdays they're doing back to back band competitions somewhere around the state. All right, maybe we should stream their band performances. I'll tell you what, that's what we get a lot of great response on it. And they are also, uh, they have competed the last couple of years in the national championships in Indianapolis. And every year they've gone up more and more in it. So uh, that's, and you know, if you come in 35th in that competition, that's still pretty big. So they're, they're, they're happy with their progression. They're looking forward to, to improving more and more, and they go back to the national championship. I've already got the broadcast sold. Uh, it's going to be you <laughs> and Spencer Adkins Spencer from Adkins Channel 13. You two will uh, cover band. To, uh, you know what's funny is we talked about that. I'm like, can we do a stream deal? And evidently, they own the, the competition owns the rights to it, okay. so they won't let us do it. He said they even <laughs> frown upon the uh, live Facebook Live stuff and everything. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, don't want to give away too much, right? Yeah, that's it. Jason Toys, our guest, Princeton, taking on number one Campbell Midland. That's coming up tonight on our sister station, 97.9 The River. we got more on the way, including Woody Woodrum, when we continue with today's edition of The Drive. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Huntington Highlanders back on the air tonight. We'll have that game for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. But the Highlanders are on the road taking on a very tough Hurricane team. Despite that 2-4 and four record, Hurricane probably one of the better teams on the Highlanders' schedule. To tell us all about it, Woody Woodrum will be on the broadcast tonight. And, uh, well, we found out last week Parkersburg South was real. Well, there's no doubt about that, Paul. We saw two of the best players in the state. Their quarterback, Brandon Penn, could make things happen with both his feet and his arm and was probably the best tackler on the team as well in the secondary. He made a number of big tackles that kept Huntington from scores. But uh, they also had a nose guard who signed to wrestle at Wisconsin and hadn't played football uh, 9th, 10th, 11th grade because he was afraid of being hurt. And the Wisconsin program told him, no, we encourage you to go play football. And he just wore out Huntington's uh, sophomore right guard 
and their first-year center. Uh, he beat them to the punch all night long. They have seen in a couple of weeks, they saw the South Charleston freshman, about 199 pounds, who was so quick, he was sometimes hitting the back as they were giving them the handoff in the 52-50 win. And then this guy was just power rushing all night long. I mean, they didn't sack Blackwell, but maybe three or four times, but they knocked him down three times that many times and hit him. Uh, they were they were a great team. Uh, you know, the only thing I will say is they don't have to grind it every week like you do in the MSAC, though. They've, they've kind of handpicked their schedule where Huntington was a test in the middle of the season and signed at a very last-minute deal for both schools. Uh, I think this is the only game. This one game gave Huntington ten games. And uh, – but, you know, tonight, Huntington's 3-2, and two, Hurricane in worse shape at 2-4. and four. There's two desperate football teams who both need a win if are going to try to find themselves anywhere in the top 16 and especially somewhere in the top eight so they're at home the first week. Any desperation? I know you're 3-2. and two. It's still a winning record, but any desperation from this Highlander team to, to go in here, maybe live up to some expectations? Because right now, 3-2, and two, Maybe this is not the record you thought you'd have. Well, actually, I think if we've been truthful, we should have thought it might have been. Although they you know, realistically, they should be four and one. Uh, they gave away the game of GW. It didn't come down to that last kick miss. It, there were mistakes throughout the game that gave GW a win that they should have not gotten from uh, this team. So, you know that that's a big giveaway, and that's why it is. It's it's a sense of urgency, maybe, instead of panic, because they know coming up after Hurricane, you've got Capital Midland back to back at home. Go to Parkersburg, who's three and two, and then you face Spring Valley at the end of the season at home for your senior night. And uh, you know all those teams are top twelve or better. Hurricane's seventeenth uh, in the polls, so you know they're going to meet five teams in a row that are in, in in the playoff hunt and uh you know fortunately they got three of those at home but anytime you come up here uh, hurricanes a tough place to play it's homecoming here tonight so there'll be a lot of pomp and circumstance and and pretty girls in expensive dresses and, and so you know you've got all those distractions to play with that huntington had going on the uh game last week against parkersburg south but i i was impressed with parkersburg south I just think, you know, their schedule is just an easier schedule than anybody has MSAC, and, and that's a shame that, that they're not in this league because I think they would really benefit. But, uh, you know, on the other hand, they're probably going to go 10-0, and 0, and if Cabell Midland or Martinsburg slips, they got a chance of finishing number one as good as anybody's. Woody Woodrum's joining us. It's Huntington versus Hurricane tonight. You hear that game right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. A little bit more desperation probably than Huntington for Hurricane, but still you've got a Hurricane team that I'm kind of surprised at 2-4. and four. I, I always expect a better record out of them, and this is not a Hurricane record that I thought I'd look up and see when we got to this game. No, last season was uh, Jeremy Taylor's seventh season. And it was the first year that he finished under 500 because they went five and five, and then lost to Martinsburg in the first round of the playoffs. So they finished five and six. And then they expected with the seniors they had back, including their quarterback Austin Womack, their outstanding running back Christian Hill, 
some outstanding receivers who are seniors. Uh, Nathan Barham, Abel Cunningham, Ryan Moses, another one. Uh, they've got a lot of talent on this team. They've got some seniors up front, some players who are looking for scholarships. So uh, it's, a, it's a pretty good offensive unit that scored 55 in the opener against Winfield. But then Spring Valley held them to seven. Capital beat them 33 to 21. The most surprising score was at Midland. They managed to make a four-point game out of it, 20 to 16. They went to Woodrow Wilson like everybody pretty much has done. Woodrow is uh, uh, has one win on the year, I believe, still, and they beat them. But then last week they gave a game away to GW up at GW just in the same fashion Huntington did. They were up seven nothing through an interception from their own five-yard line late in the second quarter, and that gave uh, GW a chance to get a touchdown and go in 7-7 at the half. Huntington or Hurricane jumped out to 21-7 on an interception and a touchdown, and back came GW with some scores, and so it's all tied up. They go to overtime. They both score on their first play, but then uh, Hurricane decided that they just couldn't stop GW, they didn't think, from the 20 in in overtime. So they went for two, and they gave it to Christian Hill, and he was stuffed. He didn't make it, and that was the loss, 28-27. So you know Hurricane's coming in off a, a downer game that I'm sure they're going to be talking about at the end of the season about GW the same way a lot of Huntington people are. Man, can you believe we let that one get away? And, and that's going to play into it. Now they, on the other hand, they have two road games after this. They have to go to Parkersburg, who's always challenging up there. Then they have to go to South Charleston, who's got all those great, fantastic athletes they have and, and still just one and four or two and four one and five on a year they just haven't come together as a team and then they finish hurricane with a pretty much a guaranteed win against oh and six or st albans so they've got a chance and down the stretch to win three in a row even though two of them are on the road so if they could beat huntington tonight that would play very nicely into their hands they could get to six and four i think with four straight wins including the two on the road. But they haven't played like that so far. So, you know, as the old coaches say, take them one at a time. And I think both these teams are not looking a bit further than the uh, red and white end zones that say Hurricane Redskins here tonight because they just can't afford to. They they both desperately need to win this game. Huntington still a little nicked up. Diallo Mitchell has a high ankle sprain. He probably won't go for the second week in a row. And, of course, they miss him on offense and on defense. He's a major part of their team. Coming up at halftime, Malik Johnson uh, uh, back, who also plays defensive end or linebacker or defensive nose. Wherever they ask him to put a hand down, that's what he does. And he'll be our halftime scholar-athlete, so folks can catch up with him at halftime. But, uh, you know, last week, two guys I got to mention that were just unbelievable against Parkersburg South. 29 tackles between Brockton Blair, who had 15, and Tyree Smith, who had 14 tackles. So 29 tackles between those two linebackers. And we're probably going to see a lot of the nickel tonight. So the question will be, do you leave Blair in and, and Williams? You've got to get Smith in there some. David Bradshaw's played so good on special teams, he's probably going to fill in for Williams next year. He may play some. And then we're going to see Stone Arthur playing some in that nickel. And... Makai White has to step up at the strong safety position where Deala Mitchell should be. He's going to have to make some plays back there. So they've been pretty much this way all year. They do pick up one guy, 
B.J. Summerlin, who would have been a starter on the defensive front, will be there tonight, and he can add some uh, quality depth to the uh, defensive front for this team. And that will give Josh Polly and Terrence Pankey a chance maybe to take a breath, come over and sit down a little bit on the sidelines so they can play more offense. Woody Woodrum's with us. He'll be on the broadcast with Chris Tatum tonight. It's Huntington taking on Hurricane. We'll have that game for you. 730 is going to be kick. You can listen to it right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Uh, keep um, keep Chris Tatum uh, in line tonight uh, as uh, you guys call this one tonight, okay? Keep him in line. Yeah, we ho- we're hoping to uh, do that, but you know how that is. It's not not my week to watch him, really, so we're going to have to just kind of let him go. I don't think it's anyone's See week to watch him. See what he can get into. Yeah, I really do. It's, you know, Paul, i got to tell you, the, the biggest problem we're having right now is we are parked directly over the concession stand, and they are making funnel cakes right at this moment. And let's just say I hope they taste as delicious as they smell. Okay, so um, tonight the fee for funnel cakes going up as uh, Woody Woodrum and Chris Tatum <laughs> will be making their way down to the concession stand to uh, take – you know, they can't be that expensive. What, two, three bucks, five, ten? What are we talking about here? Yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood, probably two or three bucks. Okay, yeah, we hope. Hopefully, it's not the, it's not f- uh, fair in in festival prices. You know, it, it's God's perfect snack food, deep fried and powdered sugar poured all over it. I mean, you can can you possibly get any better than that? Um, I I, I don't know. That's a good point. And, you there. know, you might put bacon. You might wrap it in bacon. But other than that, I don't know how you can improve upon it. No, I um, I'm gonna have to agree with you on that. Uh, that it is uh, <laughs> it, it is a delicious delicacy, um, and yes, uh, unfortunately, I, I don't have any here. So uh, I'm just gonna. Um, <laughs> I, you, you've ended on a, on a bad note, at least for me, because I don't have funnel cake tonight on the show. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, is the haunted Halloween going on at Canada Park? Maybe you could cruise by there tonight on the way home. Oh, that's a good idea. I think I'm going to do that. All right, Woody Woodrum, he'll have the game with Chris Tatum coming up tonight right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 for Gabriel Sellers back in the studio portion of the program for Jason Toy, um, for um, Bill Cornwell. I even think Bill Cornwell. I don't know why we're thinking Bill Cornwell. We'll think Bill Cornwell. He came in. He actually came in. Grace us with his presence. Um, and um, Matt Perry, we'll appreciate him as well. That's going to do it for this edition. We'll be back tomorrow, 1130, bright and early. We will be previewing Marshall and Old Dominion. That's coming up tomorrow. For everyone I just mentioned, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.